It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I'm Scott, he's Tom, and this is the session where we get out uh, topics of the day, where we just kind of run through lists of things, and we try to laugh our way through life just a little bit. Yeah. It is great to have you back in the studio again. The, the hip you. recovery is going well. Yes, it is. The little victories. I graduated to the cane. That's a big deal. It really is. I covered that half a mile of steps that were out of here, <laughs> and it, I actually got to the top. I was still breathing and in one piece. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is a little bit of a cardio t- for you to get up with that cane. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. But praise the Lord. It's a victory. So today we are going to finish up, maybe... <laughs> no promises <laughs> no promises on this one essential lessons to teach your daughter dads and uh, we're going to uh, jump into this article this article this list from focus on the family and last week we covered the concepts of respect boundaries healthy affection conversations with guys strength and reassurance and you can catch up on on that episode on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. But we're going to dive into the rest of it after we turn to God's Word, Tom. So we are going to read from Paul's writings in Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And our families really should be receiving those good works absolutely you have said it before and i have a hunch we may hear it again today that the first people that should receive the fruit of the spirit from us is our family absolutely specifically to start with is your marriage partner absolutely 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 all right so we turn to number seven and we start first of all by talking about perseverance and pursuit Dads provide a picture of strength through failure, weakness, and insecurity. So how they manage life is a running film or movie that our children, and in particular our daughters, are going to read, they're going to watch, they're going to listen and learn from. So I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can preach whatever you want to preach. You can open to whatever scripture you want to open to. But as your children and particularly your daughters, view the film called Dad and how he manages and copes with life, that's going to teach them. So either you're going to be the hero and they're going to be wanting to listen to what you want to say in Scripture and they'll be respecting it, or you'll be the goat because they'll go, yeah, he's talking about but look at what he's doing here and you know how, how he had an argument with Mom about we're not going to tithe that church. You know, it's little things like that that they pick up on. 
I know one of the things that Aaron has said to me before, she said, I hate it. You taught me this whole thing about not burning bridges at work. Because I've always taught her, you know, if you're going to leave one job and go to another <laughs> one, don't burn the bridge because you need that job as a reference and you never know you might come back to it. Mm-hmm wish you hadn't taught me that because i want to say this and i want to do that and then i want to leave and i can't yeah yeah right so i will just be shooting myself in the foot dad what's the problem with that yeah i i really want to do that we model respectful pursuit to our daughters through intentional relationship building oh well, my that's goodness. a key phrase intentional right and therein invites and we'll talk more about i'm sure through this show of the daddy daughter date strategy of making her feel special important loved cherished by taking her out the ymca here locally and maybe others has the daddy daughter dance on valentine's day oh yeah what a great opportunity yeah a lot of churches do that too the daddy daughter dance and i've had an opportunity to DJ a couple of those, and it really is a special, uh-huh. special, special thing, especially when they're about five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manny came up to not quite my, probably my belt, <laughs> and we were going to do it. I still remember it distinctly. She had to have a pretty dress on. She had to be all ready to go, and I had to be wearing a tie. Uh huh. That might have been the last this time, time I wore you wore a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how did uh, i know that was coming <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a really special time yeah and they and they should be right. and i'm sure we will probably talk about this more but we need to be moving through yes number eight on this list from focus on the family about essential lessons that dads can teach their daughters is one that that we teach all of our kids and that's prayer well and it's so important scott dads get to model trust and believe in having an ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father and that we have faith in the fact that prayer does make a difference and we do enter into it. It, Not so much am I talking about it like a ritualistic one at dinner, but even still, those should have meaning behind them too. It's not just a a tradition and a habit we do without any meaning. If if we're going to be before our Father in Heaven, we should go reverently, respectfully, irregardless. But we model faith in it. We pray about important things with our children. With intent. Yes, there we Intentionality, go. Intentionality, I, I think, like is the word. word. Yeah. All right. So when when did you start praying with, with your kids? I mean, at, at what point? Well, as soon as they were conceived. Okay. How about that? There you go. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Aaron wanted nothing to do with me before she was born. Real? Oh. Nothing. Oh. Nope. Well, I remember when David was born, our oldest, and I went into the hospital room the first time to see mom and, and the baby. Kathy looked at me and she said, this was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, she might not. I, I might be. You listening. did this. Yeah. You're responsible <laughs> here too. I'm, like, but we had really, really wanted to start our family. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a joy. And David got us started. So he became our test baby where we, you know, learned how to be parents on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really true, but it's just kind of funny to think yep. about no, Aaron did not want, uh, if I came around and she was scooting around in the belly, and the minute I came around and said hi, she stopped. 
Wow. It's like she went into hiding. Well, you might have been a different voice to her than what she was experiencing. Oh, very much so. I'm with quite mom. sure. Yeah. And and especially with a deeper voice, I'll bet, you know, mm-hmm. inside that probably sounded like I was growling or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. I be. don't know. All right. So number nine in our list here, the power of reading God's word. And you would, I know you've mentioned you want to put an addendum on this one and applying it. Well, and that's what's really important, Scott. We can talk about God's word. And we can develop a strong trust and love of God's Word, but it's just not about winning Bible memory contests and being able to recite verses. My degree from Ashland Seminary, one way to look at it is it's a degree in applied theology. I beg your pardon? Yeah. (laughs) Well, applied meaning we take God's Word and we apply it to life. How does it fit into life? So when we're doing that with our daughters, not only are we talking about Scripture, but we do Scripture. When it talks about loving our neighbor and going out and actually doing that, when God had provided safety, and he talks in his word about his protective hedge around us, we're seeing how Scripture really works, and we thank him in the middle of it. There was a time when, when Mandy was really young, And we went to North Carolina to visit friends, but we also toured the ship that was down there. The uh, there's I don't remember the name of it, but anyhow, it had all all these little compartments. Well, walking across the plank to get into the boat, you can look down in the water, and there's shark or no, not sharks. There's there's alligators. Wow! You can see them floating on the surface. Well, we get into the boat, and Somehow Mandy got into one of those little compartments and she couldn't find us. And we honestly believe that our God provided an angel because some person came up to her and said, Mandy? And she said, yeah. He said, your parents are right over there. Wow. It was an opportunity where we could say to Mandy, our God came through. And so not only were we talking about God provides protection, she actually experienced it. And we were able to celebrate and praise him for his, his effort. And got to see it. Yeah. Firsthand. Yeah. You're right. You know, we spend a lot of time, you know, we can all read a verse of the Bible, but until we learn to apply it. Right. And and I don't know that we, you know, during during Beyond Belief, uh, I was, we go through a chapter a day and I will share a verse and I'll just kind of share some thoughts about it. and. My point isn't just to read the verse to get you all to go, oh, look, that Scott's reading a verse of the Bible. Isn't he such a great Christian? No, I'm actually a very screwed up one. But <laughs> We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I've got your card. And we'll, <laughs> the, the point in doing that is to maybe generate a conversation within your family. Right. You know, Scott said this today. I don't know if I agree with him, and that's perfectly fine. I am, right. I'm not a theologian, and I didn't play one on TV, so um, (laughs) please feel free. Um, But if it starts a conversation where you can have a Bible conversation with your kids, then I've done my job. Yeah. And I would feel really good about that. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, people at home say that, yeah, well, Tom said this and said that. Uh And that happens a few times a night. In fact, if I really let that focus in my mind, I probably would not be able to sleep. Uh-huh. How many people are out there seeing it? But no, praise the Lord. I, it's okay because we're wanting to lead them closer to Jesus. Right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly our, right. That's our purpose. All right, number 10. 
Hey, we're, we're working there. at it. Here's something dads teach daughters: practical life skills. One of, one of my favorite stories. So things like finances and cars and cooking and grilling. Now, obviously, cooking and grilling are right out the window. <laughs> and Mandy's brother is definitely the one could t- teach the art. But the life skills, it reminds me, for some reason, Scott, it seemed like our children, we just never connected with the idea that not only does a car need gas, but it also needs oil. <laughs> I think several of them were unsuccessful in their attempts to prove that you could drive a car without oil. Uh-huh. Fried two motors. Well, here's here comes Mandy. She's not long married. I, I don't know, less than a year maybe. And she wanted to come up for grandma's ice cream social. So she drives up. We go to the ice cream social. And during the eating the grilled chicken that was so good, I could just feel it in the pit of my stomach. And I said to Mandy, I said, hon, before you head back to Columbus, stop by the house and let's check your oil. Scott, it was bone dry. <laughs> I put five quarts of oil oh in it. Oh, my gosh. And I'm, I'm like, honey, I'm not sure you would have made it home without that engine frying. And so a couple weeks later, the newlyweds come up to our house for dinner. So part of the dinnertime conversation, I looked at the two of them and I said, now which one of us is going to put oil in that car? I want to know, because I'm telling you, it's not going to be me. <laughs> and I'm looking at my son in and I'm like, which one of us? And he said, I'm on board. <laughs> I'll bet they check their oil a lot more now. They do, yes. That's why we haven't fried any more in, in a good 12 years or so, so that's a good thing. That's the one thing I miss with my dad, and I missed out on an opportunity with him because I was a squirrely kid. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand still long. I had to be out playing. I had to be running, and dad wanted to teach me about cars. Okay. And Aww. I'm like, I, I, I don't have a mechanical <clears throat> bone in my body any way, shape, or form. <laughs> All he wanted me to do is hold the flashlight uh-huh. so that he could know where what nut to t- to turn. Sure, I couldn't stand still long enough to even do that. Wow! And I, you know, now that he's gone, right? It's one of those things that I wish I had been able to stand still uh-huh. for half an hour on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you can look back and you, wish. Yeah, that that's a a thing I wish. I know Dad tried and he tried, and I just didn't allow it to happen. I guess, but. Yeah, um, and for me, it was a matter of life and death. I don't know a lot about mechanics because it wasn't safe to be out there with him. Oh, yeah, oh, things yeah. things would fly. That's right. No, yeah. the only thing I got out of Dad when I did mm-hmm. see him work on cars was uh, creative use of language. Let me <laughs> put it that way. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Number 11. Which is another way that Dad's model. Yes. Isn't that interesting? I learned it well. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's one of my shortcomings. All right. Number 11. Number 11, managing strong emotions. Well, that kind of ties back to what I just said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about we find peace in the middle of an emotional storm, remember, we are like a running video that our children are watching. So we're either going to become the hero or we're going to become the goat. So based on our relationship, and one of the things that as I look back when I did the daddy-daughter dates with Mandy, it was so powerful that it produced an emotional bond between us. And I really think it helped her begin to share her feelings and be able to be open with me as she began to enter what Dr. Dobson calls the most critical decade 
in a young person's life between ages 16 and 26. She felt close enough that we could talk. Mm-hmm. And she made some important life decisions based on she felt safe being able to talk to me. And, and that's so important. It is. That's so important between dads and daughters to be able to have that conversation. We've, we have shared before that when they do studies of women in prison, uh-huh. just about every case, dad was either bad or not present. And you're right. The research is somewhere around 90%. Yeah, and it's that's that's terrifying to me, which is why at one point Sherry came to me and said, you need to spend more time with your daughter because I just, I was out working. I was working right. all the time. Mm-hmm. And she, I looked at her funny, like, what do you mean? You're, you know, the girl thing going on. Right. And she said, no, she needs to spend some time with you or you're going to lose her. Right. Mm-hmm. So we started the daddy-daughter date a little bit late. Okay. You know, she was in like late elementary, junior high when we did it. But we started doing those too. And, and I can add the endorsement, dad's, even if you just take them out for ice cream. Right. Even if you just go to a playground and get on a swing with them. Right. You know, you don't have to take them to a steakhouse and spend $60 a plate. They won't remember that. They're going to remember what you two do together. Yeah. And one of the ones that I want to say, too, the younger they are, the cheaper it can be. The yes. older, the more expensive it likely could be. Oh, like uh, when you took Mandy shopping, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yes. that one. <laughs> the only way I could wrap my mind around doing that was I gave her a budget for two reasons. One, I wanted to see how she would manage her money. And two, it provided me a whole lot of relief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and how did Kathy handle that when you all came home and, well, we spent blah, blah, blah. Yeah, actually, she, I think she was okay <laughs> once you <she> woke up. <laughs> <laughs> once she got off the floor. <laughs> all right, so number 12, I think yeah. we might get away with this, Tom. All right. All right, how to laugh and have fun. Now, this one for me <clears throat> takes you right back to the dinner table. It does. Okay, we got to go there. You got to go there. It was so fun. The history of it was our dinner table at home growing up was a battlefield. I was convinced and driven that my family was not going to have the dinner table be a battlefield. And there's so much research just about the dinner table. There's a correlation between how many nights a week a family eats and the impact of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. They're very tightly linked. So I was going to have our dinner time be real special early on it was things like um going through what was the most exciting thing today what was your day like well mandy would start with well 805 i put my books in my locker <laughs> and by 810 i was in my first and she would go through her entire day and her brothers are about to fall off their chairs and <laughs> in, in frustration and finally we said oh come on mandy you know you can do better but I would, I knew the right buttons to push. And so it was so fun to hear them. When we began to use the honoring thing, meaning we would honor a, one of our family members at the dinner table. Well, Mandy got it coming and going. I mean, she actually dished it out, but she also got it. It would be things like, well, Mandy, for a daughter or for a sister, you're not so bad at. For a girl, you don't do super bad at soccer. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't have those comments. Well, she'd have to change it, and she would. But we would have those, the the bantering that would go on between the siblings was so fun. And, you know, it it was not necessary, this orderly, neat 
quiet, well-mannered dinner table. I didn't care if they laughed and carried on. We still ate, and it was good. Yeah. Mandy, without question. Yeah. yeah. She was, she being the only daughter, at the, she had her hands full at times. <laughs> and she managed it well, let me tell you. Uh, I have got to meet these kids one day. Yeah. I have got to meet them. All right, number 13. As we've laughed and had some fun, we dads, we need to remind our daughters of their unending value. Yeah, we've got to see her value. And when we see their value, Scott, they see their value. As we value them, they feel important. They feel cherished. They feel loved. And those are all great ingredients to motivate themselves and they begin to treat themselves as we have treated them. So let me show you the opposite ugly side of it. When they're pre-adolescent and into adolescence, if they are under a lot of pressure at home, if they're yelled at and it's very demeaning to your daughter as well as the sons, what they'll do is they will internalize it They'll put it in their minds and they don't heal from it. They don't let it go. They begin to treat themselves like mom and dad treated them. Mm -hmm. The very opposite is true, too. If we celebrate their success, hey, we did it. (laughs) That also is motivating. And it also then they begin to be easier and have a healthier relationship with themselves. And that goes a long way toward a healthier relationship in marriage. Absolutely. And in families. So, Dad, I guess the takeaway today is a simple investment of time and attention can be a life-changing thing. Yes. For you and for her. Absolutely. For years to come. Yes. Now, we wrap up today, put the little bow on it to just recognize that not every family is the Cleavers. Not every family is... Uh, leave it to beaver not every right. family is the brady bunch and that there are families where things are kind of messed up or right. they're not really as they should be and the neat thing is that maybe you recognize that right the question is how do you fix it what do you do with it once you realize it and the first thing might be to sit down and talk with a christian counselor how can they get a hold of tom well i can be reached at heritage christian counseling ministries.com 